Hey everybody, Nick Espinoza, your Chief Security Fanatic here, and today is Sunday, so we're doing Breaches of the Week. And as always, I'd like to thank the following people that sent me a lot of this information. That would be Andy Jenkinson, Barrett Peterson, Jay Dance, and Lothabo Nicosi. Guys, thank you very much. And if you have a tip for me, please send it my way. I'll give you a shout out here and also on my nationally syndicated radio show, uh, which actually airs tomorrow. So so step it up and submit those submit your names. Anyway, thank you very much. Let's get started because, quite frankly, this week in data breaches was absolutely nuts. And we are going to start with online mental health care platform Cerebral. Now, Cerebral reported a healthcare data breach to the HHS, impacting more than 3.1 million individuals. Cerebral provides uh, online therapy and medication management to millions of users. Quote, like, uh, like others in many industries, including health systems, traditional brick-and-mortar providers, and other telehealth companies, Cerebral has used what are called pixels, similar uh, or in similar common technologies, tracking technologies, such as made available by Google, Meta, uh, Facebook, TikTok, and other third parties, third-party platforms on Cerebral's platforms. In other words, they were integrating tracking pixels probably from the social medias of the world. This was a massive problem that we saw uh, disclosed about six months ago. Cerebral has been using these technologies since they began operations in 2019, October of 2019, until it launched a review of its data sharing practices a couple years later on. In January 3rd of this year, they determined that they had disclosed protected health information to certain subcontractors, quote, without having obtained HIPAA requirements assurances, end quote, meaning signing business uh, business associate agreements and all of that. But this is a huge problem. The integration of Facebook into like portals that you're talking to your doctor and Facebook or TikTok or whoever is capturing this information is a huge problem. So we're coming out huge because Cerebral is obviously dealing with mental health. And if anything regarding your mental health is on Cerebral that is captured in one of these tracking pixels, now the Facebooks of the world have this. They can data mine you and on and on and on. Not to mention if it's TikTok, a foreign government does as well. So that's a huge, huge problem. So heads up to you, Cerebral users. We are starting this week strong. Moving on. I want to give you a quick update on the Forda Go Anywhere uh, disaster. As I've mentioned, multiple organizations have to report now as they were using it, and this week is no different. Uh, Merit Health in Biloxi, Mississippi, uh, basically had to declare a data breach of 1 million of their patients for personal uh, protected health information. So that's obviously a huge issue. So heads up to you, Merit Health Biloxi. Uh, your organization or your hospital or your medical institution was using Forda Go Anywhere, and you got caught up on it. Eventually, I think you might be entitled the compensation. We'll see. Moving on, I want to give you a quick update on the Swiss data protection firm known as Acronis. Uh, you may know of them or use their backups. Apparently, this is what happened. An attacker announced on a popular cybercrime forum this past Thursday that they were, quote, leaking data of a cybersecurity company called Acronis, end quote, claiming that they had hacked the company because they were bored and wanted to humiliate them. Really, get honestly, get get a hobby? <laughs> One that's not crime? Now, the cyber criminal published a 12 gigabyte archive file allegedly containing certificate files, command logs, system config, and information logs, system file archive scripts, and backup configuration data. After the incident came to light, the company's CISO, Kevin Reed, clarified in a post on LinkedIn that the leaked data appears to come entirely from a single customer's account. Now, Acronis has separately clarified that none of its products were impacted by this data breach. So we'll see, but assuming that Acronis is correct and their CISO, Kevin Reed, uh, is, is accurate in this, again, we have no reason to doubt it at this 
point, looks like one customer uh, may have had their portal severely hacked, and now this attacker, because they're bored, is claiming they hit all of Acronis. We'll see what happens there. Good luck to Acronis, but if you use Acronis products, heads up to you. Hopefully, you're not that one customer, and I assume they've notified them. Moving on. Let's talk about Codman Square Health Center because on March 1st of this year, they filed notice of breach with the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services after learning that ransomware essentially went through their network. Now, based on the official filing, the incident resulted in an unauthorized party gaining access to consumers' names, addresses, and protected health information. After confirming that the consumer data was indeed leaked, Codman began sending up breach notification letters to all individuals impacted. So heads up to you if you use Codman Square Health Center for all your health needs. Moving on, let's head on over to Taiwan and talk about electronics maker Acer because they confirmed they suffered a data breach that compromised the intellectual property that they were holding among other such items. Now, the company confirmed this breach, which occurred mid-February of this year, and basically uh, this happened after the attacker began selling the compromised data on an underground forum this past week. Acer, for the record, is the world's sixth largest PC maker, and they suffered to basically what appears to be uh, a treasure trove of company data being released, including uh, 2,869 files and 65, 655 directories, totaling approximately 160 gigabytes. The threat actor uh, called Kernelware uh, broke into a server hosting private documents that were used by apparently the IT or technical staff of Acer. So heads up to you if you work for Acer, you're probably aware, but that's not good. Obviously a black eye. Hopefully no customer data was impacted as well. So if you use Acer products, you better be on alert. Moving on, I want to give you an update on a company called Accutech. Now Accutech agreed to a class action settlement to resolve claims that their 2021 data breach compromised consumer information due to their substandard cybersecurity measures. The settlement benefits consumers, uh, basically who received the notice from Accutech that their personal information may have been exposed as a result of that breach on August 16th of 2021. The settlement allows for $325 for bank fees, communication charges, travel costs, document fees, credit expenses, and up to three hours of lost time at $20 an hour. Uh, for the record, your lawyer probably cost $400 an hour. Now, the settlement also allows for up to $5,000 for extraordinary issues uh, that have been unreimbursed, uh, documented monetary losses as resulting from fraud or identity theft. And to receive these benefits, you must submit a valid claim before July 24th of this year. So hop to it, Accutech, go get your money. Moving on. Let's talk about UNC, that's the University of North Kakalaka at Chapel Hill. They potentially expose sensitive and personal information including social security numbers when the university erroneously sent tax forms to the wrong people and entities this past January. Now, according to a letter sent by the university's privacy office to people potentially affected by this breach, the university on January 25th printed about 3,400 1099s, those are the contractor forms for the U.S. IRS, to be sent to, quote, distinct individuals or entities. Now, while those 3,400 forms were properly printed, only 2,214 envelopes contained the IRS forms were actually mailed. That resulted in the mailed envelopes containing multiple 1099s, meaning that in addition to receiving your correct forms, some recipients also received the mailed envelopes that may have inadvertently and erroneously received forms intended to other recipients. Meaning if I'm a contractor for UNC Chapel Hill, I might have gotten a 1099 and I might have gotten your 1099 if you're a contractor because they done screwed up. So heads up to you, contractors, for UNC Chapel Hill. Hopefully you're uh, you're A-OK. Moving on. 
I'm going to give you an update on the PayPal data breach because a pending class action lawsuit is accusing uh, online payments giant PayPal of failing to adequately safeguard the personal information of its users, leaving them vulnerable to identity theft and related ills at the hands of unidentified threat actors of that data breach that occurred late last year. Nearly 35,000 people were affected by this cyber attack, if you recall. I did talk about it back then, which used previously compromised usernames and passwords to gain access to PayPal systems. Now, PayPal's notice to users whose personal information was compromised indicated that the company first learned of the attack just before the holidays in 2022, and that that attack was eventually determined to have happened between December 6th and December 8th of last year. This notice was sent out on January 19th and said that there was no evidence, quote-unquote, that the compromised logins were taken from PayPal's system. Rather, it likely uh, was that usernames and passwords were stolen from other cyber attacks, meaning stolen username and password out in the dark web, and there you go. So we're going to see where this goes, but if you're a PayPal user and you lost money or had your account hacked, you may eventually be entitled to compensation. Here comes the class action. Moving on, let's talk about Brazilian multinational conglomerate Andrade Gutierrez. Now, hackers uh, basically, or criminal hackers, I should say, have stolen several terabytes of corporate and employee information from Andrade Gutierrez in a raid that the firm still apparently has not acknowledged publicly. Now, uh, basically, they are one of the largest engineering firms in Latin America. They are responsible for major projects in infrastructure, such as energy, oil, and gas transport across the entire region. However, a hacking group known as the quote-unquote Dark Angels claims to have stolen three terabytes of emails and corporate information, including name, email addresses, passport details, payment info, tax ID numbers, and health insurance information for over 10,000 of Andrade's employees. This is according to the Brazilian Report, a publication in that country. Now, hidden in multiple emails are passwords that could be used to log into municipal and state authority accounts, according to this report. Also among the uh, trove are blueprints to several big-name construction projects completed by that outfit, including ports, airports, and several facilities used in the 2014 World Cup and 2016 Olympic Games, both held in Brazil. This is how big they are. So obviously that's a huge black eye to the infrastructure community in Brazil. Hopefully Andrade Gutierrez will get that cleaned up and no further harm can be done. Moving from Brazil, let's head on over to India and talk about HDB Financial Services because they said this past Tuesday there was a data breach at one of their service providers which processes customer information. So this is a third party hit, but we don't know who that third party is. HDB is working with the regulator and the office of the government to investigate this incident. Excuse me. Now, their headquarters, I'm sorry, not their headquarters, their parent company, HDFC Bank, said it was not affected by this incident, saying that HDB is an isolated entity where this attack took place. So hopefully that is true. So if you use HDB financial services in India for all your financial services needs, heads up to you. You may have a trouble on your hands. If you're an HDFC Bank customer, apparently you were not affected. Hopefully that continues to be true as well. Moving on, let's talk about the first Franklin Financial Corporation coming back here into the United States on February 14th, Valentine's Day. So that's great. First Franklin Financial filed a notice of data breach with the Attorney General of Montana after confirming that a recent data security incident compromised user data. Now, based on their official filing, what we're talking about are names, social security numbers, bank account numbers, routing information, as well as certain uh, other information contained in consumers' credit reports. After confirming that this was leaked, they began and sending out notification letters to impacted individuals as well. So heads up to you, First Franklin Financial Corporation customers. Moving on, let's talk about the international law firm of 
Smith, Gambrell, and Russell International. And this is an update because they are now facing two proposed class actions alleging negligence uh, that basically led to their 2021 of uh, July of 2021 data breach that impacted more than 78,000 people. Now, Felicia Livingston and Charles Owen allege in separate lawsuits that the firm failed to have adequate security procedures in place to protect their personal information, allowing unmonitored, unmonitored and unrestricted access to sensitive information, failed to adequately train employees in data security, lacked measures to detect security breaches, and failed to encrypt sensitive information. That is pretty much the checklist of what you're supposed to do for uh, just basic cyber hygiene. And so if all of that is true, wow, that is absolutely crazy. Crazy Smith Gambrell Russell International. That's a huge thing. Now the firm also failed to provide timely notice of that breach, which again another big check. And so, assuming all of that is true, people are going to get paid. There's no doubt about that. That is just there's just no excuse for for not having uh, these kinds of things, especially data protection around sensitive information. So that's absolutely crazy. So heads up, uh, you might be entitled to compensation if you are a member or customer of Smith Gambrell and Russell International. Moving on. Let's talk about both Royal and Antree hospitals in Liverpool, England. These are, these are apparently the two largest hospitals in that city. Now, a file with names, addresses, national insurance numbers, and salaries of staff at both the Royal and Antree hospitals was mailed to managers uh, at the trust. The Information Commission's Office or Commissioner's Office (ICO) in the UK said that it offered data security guidance after this December incident, but. Following uh, additional information, it is now, quote, making further inquiries, uh, end quote. Now, James Sumner, Liverpool University Hospital Foundation Trust chief executive, said that the breach arose as a consequence of the, quote, unintentional sharing, end quote, of personal staff information during a file sharing exercise that was conducted to support management of payroll details as part of arrangements around strike action. So there you go. If you're an employee of either the Royal or Antree Hospitals in Liverpool in the UK, Heads up to you, uh, you may have had your salary information dumped to people or exposed to people that had no right to see what you make. Heads up to you. Moving on, let's head out to the continent of Africa. I'm not sure which country in Africa here, um, but we are talking about Flutterwave, which is Africa's largest startup by private valuation. Now, last month, Flutterwave, as I mentioned, their largest startup in the continent, was involved in a hack that resulted in more than 2.9 billion local currency, which equates to 4.2 million U.S., they found it's missing from their accounts, according to local tech publication, TechPoint Africa. Now, according to the documents seen by the publication and reviewed by TechCrunch here in the United States, unknown actors transferred the funds across 28 accounts and 63 transactions in early February. Police investigations are ongoing as Flutter, uh, Flutterwave via legal counsel and in for law enforcement parties has filed a motion to freeze accounts across 27 financial institutions that interacted with these missing funds, again, according to TechPoint Africa. So there you go. Obviously, that's a huge problem. If you use Flutterwave uh, coming out of Africa, you might want to check in. Hopefully, you didn't lose any money. Moving on. Let's head back to the United States and head over to Richmond, Virginia, and we are talking about Henrico Enrico, uh, Doctors Hospital. Now, they are notifying 990 patients that some of their protected health information <clears throat> was compromised in a data breach. 
The health system detected suspicious activity within its informational network and launched an investigation into the incident, according to a March 3 notification. And here we are. Now, through this investigation, Henrico uh, learned that an unauthorized party had removed or viewed files containing patient information from its computer systems. They did not mention what kind of data there, but assuming it's personal or protected health information or, or personally identifiable information, given what they are. Henrico Doctors, Henrico Doctors Hospitals said it's a notifying all affected individuals. So heads up to you if you use Henrico for all your medical needs. Moving on, let's talk about uh, basically communications giant, U.S. communications giant AT&T. It looks like AT&T experienced a data breach, leaving roughly 9 million customers' data exposed. The data breach didn't come directly from the wireless carrier, though, but occurred with one of its vendors. Now, this news originated from AT&T forums, where customers were curious about an email that has apparently been going on to affected customers since last week. This email discusses the breach uh, that the wireless carrier experienced, sharing that, it, uh, sharing that it occurred with one of their vendor systems, which gave access to the wireless carrier's, quote, customer proprietary network information, end quote, system known as the CPNI. Now, according uh, basically to the firm, the system has a variety of different data about customers. This often includes types of items purchased, how many lines a customer has, what kind of wireless they have, you know, blah, blah, blah. Now, while that's already quite a bit of information, the firm does confirm that the CPNI does not contain more critical data like financial or personal information. Some examples of these obviously would be phone numbers, physical addresses, social security numbers, credit card information. Remember, when you sign up for a mobile phone or a home phone or any kind of service that you have ongoing monthly payments, a credit check is run. And so AT&T basically covers this. Now, I couldn't find out who this third party was. Uh, it's not being disclosed at the moment. There's speculation, but I don't speculate. I'm, I'm going to tell you when it's confirmed. But here's where it gets interesting, because the next one that we have on the list here for data breaches is Verizon. Yes, AT&T's largest competitor and the larger infrastructure player out there here in the United States, Verizon. Now, this is coming from Safety Detectives, which picked up on Verizon database uh, that was posted to an open forum this past January. Entries contained within that date are some uh, somewhere between uh, 2021 and January of 2022. Now, the analysis indicated that approximately 7.5 million wireless subscribers had some data points exposed, including uh, what kind of service... Uh, or excuse me, what kind of device they had connected to a Verizon service, what rewards they were signed up for, what auxiliary subscription services that they had, like Apple Music, Disney+, Plus, YouTube TV, or Verizon Cloud. Each entry also contained a hash-obscured customer ID, potentially using what's known as a SHA-256 key as the original forum uh, post noted. The dump also contained customer ID hashes, first names, usage and speed metrics, router specifications, and contract statuses of about 1.5 million home internet subscribers. Besides the first names, uh, it seems no unencrypted personally identifiable information has leaked, but the exposure of those hashes still presents a threat if the right key or keys are found. Verizon was notified by Safety Detectives Research on February 8th. The company has yet to respond, and there you go. But given that AT&T just got hit by a third-party vendor, and they're all using 
third-party vendors, I'm wondering if these are linked in some way, shape, or form. These seem awfully similar, although according to AT&T, no financial information was leaked, and the information we have on the Verizon data breach seems to have you know in-depth intelligence. So they could be separate. I don't know, um, you know, but I'm going to keep an eye on both AT&T and Verizon. Literally, I think the two largest carriers uh, here in the United States, and so we'll see what's going on. Moving on, let's head on over to the Netherlands and talk about a tent Zorg in Bahendeling. And I, again, uh, apologize to my Dutch viewers or listeners, but this is a care facility in Gelderland that's on the eastern side of Netherlands, bordering Germany, for those who don't know. Now, last month, uh, the systems of a, a tent Zorg in Bahendeling, and I'm not going to pronounce that again for the record. I'm just going to say it's the care facility. Um, they were hacked by the notorious Quiling uh, group. Uh, now, this is a ransomware group. This led to the theft of passports belonging to their physicians, nurses, uh, physiotherapists, which were later published on the internet. The attack occurred on February 17th, causing technical difficulties for that facility, and the care institution announced this breach via their website and attributed the problem to a group that had gained unauthorized access to their network. So heads up, and I will, okay, fine, try it one more time, but if you're a patient or an employee of the Attent Zorg in Behandling, uh, the care facility in Genderling, Netherlands, heads up to you. I think I did a little better on that last one. That's a tough one, especially for an English speaker. Moving on. Let's talk about Minneapolis public schools here in the United States because the Medusa ransomware gang is demanding $1 million from the Minneapolis public school system uh, to delete data allegedly stolen in a ransomware attack. Now, the ransomware gang, which is different from the Medusa locker ransomware gang, um, launched in 2021 but saw a significant spike in malicious activity this year. Um, basically, a couple of days ago, Medusa listed uh, Minneapolis public schools as a victim on its leak site threat to publish all of the data by March 17th, which is only five days away as I'm, uh, or six to five, six days away as I'm sitting here talking to you. Uh, now, the threat actors demanded a payment of $1 million to delete all the data while they accept an equal amount, uh, basically, of that to give to uh, interested buyers, meaning if the school doesn't pay, they're, they're actually cross-posting this to say, hey, uh, we'll sell it for a million dollars to whoever, not just the school system, to keep it quiet. On top of that, they're offering one-day extensions uh, of data public publication deadlines at $50,000 a day. So that's very nice of them. Now, the extortion attempt stands out because the threat actors created a video showing all of the data allegedly stolen from the Minneapolis public school system. The video was first spotted by Emesis uh, Soft's threat analysis or threat analyst Brett Callow, who tweeted that the video is about 51 minutes long. It's the first time he's seen that tactic used publicly. And as somebody that watches and actively tracks ransomware gangs like these as well, I also have not seen a video posted where they are sifting through the data for you live. Oftentimes, a leak site will have a percentage of the data there, screenshots of passports and you know anything else that they're getting. So obviously, that's a huge thing. We'll see what happens with the Minneapolis public school, uh, public school system, but that's obviously a huge issue. Moving on, let's head on over to Spain and talk about Clinic de Barcelona. Now, a ransomware attack targeted one of Barcelona's leading hospitals. And for the record, I love how they say Barcelona in Spain because they've got that TH. Now, it was targeting one of Barcelona's leading hospitals, shutting down its computer system and forcing the cancellation of 150 non-urgent operations and up to 3,000 patient checkups. Now, this was reported Monday on Twitter. The attack occurred against the hospital um, this past Sunday, so seven days ago, eight days ago. At that time, the institution said it was 
working to determine the scope and leak and also uh, restore their systems. A few after hours after reporting that initial uh, incident, the clinic also published a new post saying 10% of visits for external consultations would be restored by that day alongside, alongside non-urgent operations. Now, in a statement by the Catalonian government, because uh, Barcelona is in Catalan, uh, they further explained the region's cybersecurity agency was working to restore the hospital systems. The attack was attributed to threat actors known as Ransom House. And so hopefully they'll get back on their uh, feet, but heads up to all the citizens of Barcelona if you're going to house clinic or hospital clinic, excuse me. Moving on, let's head on over to Canada and talk about the Toronto-based Black and McDonald. They're a Canadian engineering giant whose work involved critical military power and transportation infrastructure across Canada. They got hit with ransomware and so far um, have refused to publicly comment on the cyber attack while the Department of National Defense in Canada and other clients of the company have downplayed the impact or damage. Experts nevertheless are concerned, saying the attack on Black and McDonald represents a far greater threat to Canada's national security and critical infrastructure than the recent attack on Canada's largest book, stain, uh, book chain, uh, bookstore chain, I cannot speak today. Indigo Books and Music Incorporated, which I mentioned a couple weeks ago or so that Indigo Books in Canada got hit. But obviously, that's a huge issue. If they are the ones, you know, producing the, you know, the barracks for the troops, uh, you know, fighter planes, whatever it is that they are doing, hands in, you know, missile defense, that's not a good sign for Canada in terms of their defense. That said, U.S. defense contractors are getting hit all the time, too, which, you know, obviously doesn't stop the Pentagon either. And finally, and we've got a couple finalists for you. The first one we're going to be talking about is the FCC, or Federal Communications Commission. Now, they did not get breached for the record, but this actually directly impacts breach reporting because a proposed rule change at the FCC would expand the definition of a data breach for communication carriers. Now, if approved by the agency, the rule would cover any incident that affects the confidentiality of customer information even if no harm to the customer results. Quote, this rule means communication carriers would be required to report any unauthorized access or disclosure of customer information, even if the breach was unintentional or not malicious. This is according to Venkat Gupta, a data estate modernization portfolio leader at Sojeti of the uh, Capgemini group that has been tracking this. Quote, everyone should care because data breaches can occur in many different ways and even unintentional breaches can have profound consequences. End quote. 100%. I want to know if my data is out there, even if nothing came of it. Oops, we accidentally leaked it to 10 other employees. Yeah, let me know that. Now, now, according to the FCC, the rule change aligns with the recent developments in federal and state data breach laws covering industry sectors. Quote, the law requires carriers to protect sensitive consumer information, but given the increase and frequency in and sophistication and scale of data leaks, we must update our rules to protect consumers and strengthen our reporting requirements. That That is a quote from FCC Chairwoman Jessica rosen Warsaw in a prepared statement. Quote, again, this new proceeding will take a much needed fresh look at our data breach reporting rules to better protect consumers, increase security, and reduce the impact of future breaches. End quote. Now, under the current rule, um, according to Gupta, telecommunication carriers must notify federal law enforcement, the U.S. Secret Service, and the FBI within seven business days of all breaches that involve uh, customer proprietary network information, or CPNI. Consumers are to be informed of such breaches seven days after carriers 
notify those agencies. The proposed rule update, though, requires carriers to notify the FCC contemporaneously with law enforcement agencies as soon as practical after the discovery of a breach, and it would eliminate the current seven-day waiting period between uh, notification of law enforcement and notification of customers, basically cutting down that time. Now, I'm all for transparency and breach reporting. We know that so many breaches fly under the radar. Uh, you know, they don't they don't get disclosed. Companies make that choice not to do that, but there has to be penalties for those kinds of things because it's very hard to quantify breaches or really get a full scope and depth of understanding of just how bad it is out there. For example, cyber insurance cannot truly quantify risk. And so by virtue of that, because so many breaches go unreported or underreported, uh, they just keep simply raising our rates and raising the stringency when they don't necessarily have to, if we're just able to get a good quantification on it and get exact numbers. Now that may mean, you know, insurance is 10 times more expensive. I have no idea. But the point is, is that we need to have this transparency. And if I'm a customer of yours, I want to know when my data is hit. That doesn't necessarily mean I've lost confidence in you if you're being transparent with me. The perfect example of that would be Samsung. I've used Samsung phones you know, for quite some time. I was going to buy a Note 7. And if you remember the Note 7 getting all explodey on everybody, uh, you know, the first couple of weeks it came out, Samsung did a really good job of being transparent. They basically sent everybody fireproof boxes. They sent everybody gift cards, refund notices, all this kind of stuff. They took something like 22 to $24 billion off their market cap in 24 hours, but they basically were 100% transparent, released extensive reports as to what specifically happened, the piece of wiring, the battery from this specific factory, and all of this, and then a plan to have that never happen again. And sure enough, here we are. That's what we need. We need more Samsungs out there. If we hold our, our cards too close to our chest, people are going to walk away because, quite frankly, they can't be trusted. Look at LastPass. I've been talking about them for months now as this continues to unfold. So there you go. I think the FCC is making a good choice here. We'll see uh, how well it's enforced. <clears throat> and finally, finally, our last finally for today is the United States Congress. That's right. The FBI is investigating a data breach affecting the U.S. House of Representatives members and staff after their account and sensitive personal information was stolen from DC's HealthLink servers. Now, DC HealthLink is the organization that administers the healthcare plans for U.S. House members, their staff, and their families as well. Impacted individuals were notified uh, the other day of this breach in an email from Catherine L. Spins. Uh, Sapindor, Sapindor, I believe is how you pronounce that. And uh, she is the U.S. House Chief Administrative Officer. And this is according to publications, quote, DC HealthLink uh, suffered a significant data breach yesterday, potentially exposing the personal identifiable information of thousands of enrollees. As a member or employee eligible for your health insurance through the DC HealthLink, your data may have been compromised. This again is according to Catherine Spindor. And I'll just going to call her Catherine. I apologize. Uh, quote, currently, I do not know the size and scope of the breach, but have been informed by the FBI that account information and PII of hundreds of member and house staff were stolen. It is important to note that at this time, it does not appear that members or House of Representatives were the specific target of this attack. Now, while 
the email uh, sent by uh, basically Catherine does not House Administrator Catherine does not have any details regarding the data uh, Republican uh, publication not Republicans publication Republicans are caught up in this for the record as are Democrats now uh, publications discovered that at least one threat actor known as Intel broker is selling the U.S. House members information stolen from DC HealthLink on a hacking forum a sample of the stolen data with the database header shows that it contains the information of roughly 170,000 affected individuals, including their names, dates of birth, addresses, email addresses, phone numbers, social security numbers, and much more. And that obviously is a huge problem. Now, aside from the fact that, you know, obviously we have, you know, 535 members of Congress in total, 435 in the House, 100 in the Senate, uh, you know, they've got staff all around them. They've got, uh, you know, family that are also on their health plan as well as, you know, you might go to work and, you know, cover your spouse and your kids and all this kind of stuff. So this obviously is a huge thing. But what makes us a thousand times worse is that if this information is basically out there, how many members of Congress could potentially be targeted? We are in a deep political divide right now. Trust is at an all-time low between two political sides. We've seen death threats leveled against both Republicans and Democrats alike. We've seen violence, uh, you know, as a result of this. And that is just a deeply unfortunate thing to see, you know, in a, in a, you know, a representative democracy. So, so, this is a huge problem because if this list gets out there and you are looking at, let's say, some of the most polarizing members on the right and the left, uh, uh, you know, in both houses of Congress, as soon as their addresses, you know, hit the ground, they're going to need increased security. We literally just saw a man break into former Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi's home uh, earlier this year, uh, basically wielding a hammer and apparently some other weapons, looking basically to make an example of her and caught her husband and I believe fractured his skull with that hammer. So so these things exist. This is real. And if all of these addresses of, of literally U.S. Congress members' homes uh, get exposed, God knows what's going to happen here because there are some crazy, crazy people out there right now and highly motivated. So so I hope this goes absolutely nowhere, but that's obviously the last thing I'm going to talk about today. So hopefully, it, you know, we can keep that data quiet and whatnot because I don't think 535 members of Congress are all simply going to be moving their homes because of this. And that's terrifying, not just for them, but for their family. Many have children. Uh, and so that's a huge problem. So there you go. Those were your breaches of the week. Were you affected? Let me know. And please like, share, follow me here on Facebook and Twitter at Nick AESP. And please feel free to subscribe to me at YouTube as well. And as always, stay safe, stay online. Please attempt to stay private. And sorry, I was kind of tripping over words a little bit there. Take care, all.